Yes, Honest Actors is back with brand new episodes every Friday. To help me continue releasing new episodes without a sponsor, or to say thanks for your favourite old ones, click the support link in the episode description. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. It's a one-off, feeling generous, good deed for the day sort of thing. Think of it as bumping into me and buying me a drink. To find out more, click the support link. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Uh, yeah, mine's a large red. I hate those guys. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. My name is John Heffernan and you're listening to the Honest Actors podcast. Hi, my name's Jonathan Harden and you're listening to Series 3 of the Honest Actors Podcast, sponsored by Today Ticks. If you want great offers on theatre tickets, access today seats on your mobile and exclusive front row lotteries, you need Today Ticks, the ticketing app that lets you see theatre differently. To get tickets with no queues and no fuss, download Today Ticks now from the App Store and Google Play. So I'm back two weeks later, back into a regular routine. Thank the baby Jesus. I'm uh, releasing today another of the older interviews. This one is from way back in the summer of 2017. What were you doing in August 2017? Cast your mind back. Well, I was at the National Theatre Studio interviewing John Heffernan. I really enjoyed my time with John. It was probably one of the very, very first interviews for this series I recorded when I was thinking about releasing it uh, later that year. So uh, it will be a surprise to John when I email him this morning to say that his episode is going out today, having not heard from me since August of 2017. Anyway, I have nothing else to say except to ask you to continue to follow the podcast on Twitter. And uh, if you haven't already done that, we're at Honest Actors. And also, if you wouldn't mind, to share some of your favourite moments using the hashtag Best of Honest Actors. Thank you very much. Here it is. Episode 8? Yeah, Episode 8 with John Heffernan. Enjoy. Right. Who's uh, we are recording. Uh, so I have a list of questions, John, that I ask all the time. Um, and some of them have never been asked. Some of them have I've just always thought that's a terrible question. But every time I go to edit the questions, I think, no, I'm going to leave that in because it will find its place yeah. at some you point. You never know. Exactly. You never know. It depends on the interview. Um, but first, before we start that, thanks very much for taking time out to do this because I know you're... Um, in the midst Pleasure. of other things. Thank Thanks you very for much. Um, so I'll start where I normally start, which is uh, how did you get into acting? What was your route into the industry? I got into acting um, through a love of theatre, really, more than acting itself. But uh, there was a series that came out when I was about 11 called Shakespeare, The Animated Tales. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I just became fascinated by the stories, really. They were great, actually. Did you watch them? Yeah, they were great. You're the first person, like yeah, normally I when, when, when I mention them, this sort of blank, but I thought they were just I remember those. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, and they were quite stylistically kind of like, like odd as well. Like they didn't look yeah. like any other cartoons at the time. I remember them being like slightly 
Yeah, well, they were all done in different ways. So you had stop motion animation, and they had oh, some of them that. were done on glass. I mean, I they were exactly what I'm thinking of. There was ones where the palette was quite narrow as well. Where there was, I can't remember which one it was, but yeah, I remember. I remember watching those, but I might have been. Some of them are absolutely. Ex I mean, I've watched them again more, oh, more recently. Yeah, funny enough, I thought, oh, I'll just put, put them on there. It's still available on DVD. They lose used a lot in schools, and they some of them are still. So what age were you then when you, when you spotted those? About eleven, when they were originally on telly, and uh, I had a a very kind mum who said, well, "Well, do you want to go to the theatre and see the plays properly?" and uh, we were living in Essex, and so we just took the train along to the Barbican, where the RSC were at the time, and and then I so ended up spending every Saturday afternoon watching matinees of Shakespeare plays, and, um, and yeah, and so it was from that really. So, so that's how you get. It. I mean, I suppose it's nice that your mum was able to identify there was a way of expanding that interest into something else. Mm, yeah, but. That's not, not necessarily, there are a lot of people who get into theatre and then don't necessarily make the jump to actually doing it. So how does the transition happen from a kid who's really interested in these animations, whose mother takes him to see theatre at the Barbican, to becoming the kid in the Barbican Auditorium who thinks, I would like to do that, as opposed to, I, I really enjoy watching this. Well, for a very long time, it was, I, I was just enjoying watching it, and I, I wanted to be a theatre critic for a really long time, because uh, it was just I enjoyed it more than anything else. Um, what, what, um, watching watching performances. Um, it wasn't until I went to uni really, and the um, the drama society there at Bristol that I really got into the acting side of it, um, and, it and it took off from there. But it was the world I found completely intoxicating. The idea of telling stories. That's what. And I thought, well, what's the best way of doing that? Well, the best thing is being in the. At the heart of it, which is, I suppose, um, I knew I couldn't write. Um, I, d I didn't think I had any talent for that, for playwriting. And I'm always very envious of f actor friends of mine who can do, who can write yep. as well. And there are many of them. Increasingly, in the last couple yep. of years, it feels like, oh, my goodness, that's not fair. How come you're able to do that as well, you bastard? But uh, uh, so I, so I concentrated on acting, and then. So what did you go to Bristol school. to study? English and drama. I was I was I was playing around with it, but I I was I was still seeing it from a, quite an academic yeah. perspective, really. And it was a very academic course; it wasn't very practical. Was there any resistance then from your from your family, whenever I suppose you had to go home at some point, and and or they asked how the things were going with the theatre criticism route? And you know, was there any resistance to the idea that you might want to be an actor? Or that was something you were going to pursue seriously. Not really. There wasn't much. There's not a huge amount of history in it. It's in my family, and where it is, it's quite distant. Um, and my mum has always been incredibly supportive of me. And um, I was very lucky in that I got uh, a grant at drama school. Otherwise, I might not have been able to do it. Um, so I was quite grateful from a financial point of view. But um, my mum was always very supportive of me in that in that regard. So what was the first time that you remember taking to the stage with that sense of you being either an actor or someone who was on the path to becoming an actor? What was your first kind of serious appearance? Appearance? Appearance. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> your first serious appearance uh, on, a, on a stage as an actor? 
See it through to the end. Why not? <laughs> you got it. Um, I, d- I don't know if I had one. I just remember this a, a kind of escalating feeling that there was a, of getting a huge buzz and adrenaline kick yep. of being on stage and playing. I was. I had, I had great opportunities at university in the drama society there of playing really cracking parts with a really lovely bunch of people who I'm still very much in touch with. And I I found all that very addictive. And there was a great range of roles, which, you know, you're very lucky if that gets replicated, I think, once you move into the profession. But when you're at university or you're at drama school, you think, oh, gosh, this is fantastic. You know, I can play... Salieri and Amadeus one you know one term and then the next term I'm in a you know Moliere farce and that was just that that was that was great the variety of it so it was that really rather than one particular so so you go to drama school Mm. uh, with all the expectations I imagine that come with that you know going into drama school you probably feel like when you come out of that you're going to be an actor fully formed and ready to go. Uh, what was your first job then when you came out the other side? It was a pro- an, uh, production by English Touring Theatre of Hamlet. Just down there? Just up the road. Have you yeah. worked there? Have you worked? No, no. Oh. In that building many times. Yeah. Some for some successful, many more unsuccessful auditions. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Maybe it's the rehearsal room that, that frees it. I don't know. Um, but yes, yeah. So that was my first job um, with lots of children of famous people who probably, you know, they're very good in their own right, but it was quite strange because Ed Stoppard was uh, Hamlet, obviously son of Satan. And then Chris Patton's daughter, Alice Patton, wow. was, um, was Ophelia. Um, yeah, yeah. It was quite strange. a strange coincidence. But yeah. Um, at that point, then, how do you feel your career is gonna gonna progress? Like at that point, how do you see it going? Do you have great aspirations? Um, do you have a slightly more realistic sense of what a career might be? How looking back, how realistic I suppose do you think your your sense of what your career might be was back then? I think my expectations were fairly low. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I was just desperate to be. Uh, well, I mean, I. I just wanted to work in the theatre. Yeah. I didn't have I didn't have any other aspirations, and I just wanted to. I thought if I can somehow find a way of getting myself to work at the RSC or anything like that in some capacity, like, you know, just standing at the back at some point in my career, yeah. then that would be. And I meant it genuinely. Yeah. And I remember um, everyone had to meet the principal at the end of. Uh, our course and he said okay so what, what, what do you what, what do you envisage doing what's your what's your plan and I said I want to work in the theatre that's what, 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 what I'd like to do and he went well that's that, that's nonsense there's no work in the theatre it accounts for about 25% of most jobs out there so you, you, you need to change your expectations wow um, and I was, I was quite shocked by that, by that. I'm, I'm quite shocked by that uh, yeah yeah um, Especially as the course, as most drama, maybe they're not now, but certainly twelve years ago when I graduated, they're entirely um, geared towards um, a a career in the theatre. We got two days of screen technique. What have we been doing? What the hell? (laughs) Exactly. What have you been doing? What's this charade for the last the last two years? You could have told us. Yes, I know. You're saying now. 
but haven't we paid you? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was a bit odd, but um, yeah. So that was my, that was that was all that was all I was after, really. What a dick! Yeah. Um, so uh, he's not listening. No, no, um, he's definitely not listening. So you'd have fairly realistic kind of sense of 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 what that might be then for for someone just coming out of drama school. Do you, did you have a sense of that in a context of what your peers expected? Did a lot of them expect, or 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 were they were their aspirations more towards the screen? I think it was a I I, I think it was a mixture, and then there, I, indeed I think there were probably some in the in the class who in the in the over the course had realised that actually acting wasn't for them. That yeah, uh, that that had definitely happened. So there was a I think there there was a combination of responses, but that was something which I was very keen on, and I was very aware of how difficult it was as a professional like, I, I hadn't obviously worked as an actor by that point of view but I'd as a um, summer job worked front of house at the um, up in Stratford and at the National Theatre and sort of hung around a bit as much as I could mm. and I've got got the sense of how hard it was to find work as an actor and so I thought okay if I can just cling on to some theatre work then I'll be okay. Um, so transitioning into a kind of wider chat here what I normally do is to contextualise someone for, say, a listener that hasn't heard of the, the actor I'm interviewing or isn't aware of their work, but also just to kind of, you know, give you a chance to identify the kind of actor that you see yourself as. What's the thing, the job you're most proud of? And that's a really difficult question, I know. Um, it can be for a variety. It could be because it was significant because you got to stand at the back of the RSC. It could be because, you know, you played a particular part you've always wanted to play or because you played, you did a piece of new writing that, you know, changed your life. Whatever reason. And on the understanding that I'm sure you can answer this a dozen different ways. Um, but if you could, or if there's one that kind of pops to the front of your mind, what, what would it be if there was a piece of work that was to identify you Yeah, tough. It is. It is knowing yeah. that knowing that there will be people who won't be mentioned and they'll be gutted. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's a really difficult question. It's a very difficult question because it's impossible to separate from the circumstances around the job. Yeah, it's not. Ju- it doesn't exist in a vacuum. There's yeah. other factors as well. Well, um, in context, what felt like the most significant thing? <sighs> At the time, I suppose, is another way of phrasing that. I I was in a production of Richard II up at the tobacco factory in Bristol, which felt, which was an amazing experience for me um, because it was the first time, I suppose, I'd, I'd played a lead um, on stage. I think I'm right in saying by that point. And... Uh, I I just felt ama- I, 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 I felt incredibly lucky to be playing that part. I know that sounds like such a cliche to say something like that, but it was uh, something about the journey that that character goes on was just the most rewarding thing to do after night after night. Someone who has everything and sees himself as divinely ordained by God to be in the position that he is, to suddenly reaching, he has this speech at the end in Act 5, uh, I don't know if you know it, but he he, st- he talks about with that no man can be happy unless he is content with being nothing. It's, a sort of, it's almost like a Buddhist 
philosophy the philosophy that he um that, that, that he that he speaks of in the last act and so i just it was just it was it was it was wonderful and in a rather intimate space there um a very close company of actors and uh, yeah so that was a very that was a very special that was a very special one something in that 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 particular quote is definitely something, and that no man can be happy unless he's happy. To, what's yeah, the quote? with nothing shall be. Oh, I'm going to misquote it, but something like no man shall be eased till with nothing shall with nothing shall be eased till he be pleased with being nothing. Um, it's it's it's, it's something like that. I'm dra- dragging it from the back fantastic. of my brain about six or seven years ago, but it's yeah, that's great. It's just a, yeah. Um, so that's that's the, the one of the jobs you're kind of it stands out the process of getting jobs then you've already talked about how you, you were aware that it wasn't easy to find work as an actor but from the time from your time at the front of house jobs in the RSC and the national um do you enjoy the process of auditioning some people do some people don't do you find it pleasurable pleasant rewarding no <laughs> no in a word no i i don't I, I i can probably count on i could probably count on one hand the number of times when i have really got a buzz out of it when there's felt like when it feels like there's a genuine connection between the director or whoever's leading the yeah. the meeting uh and something exciting happens in the room but on the whole no matter how many times I try and tell myself, just see it as a workshop, John. Just see it as something where you're just throwing around ideas. It's not a test. They're not judging you. Of course they're judging you. <laughs> of course they're judging you. You can play all the mental games you like, but there is the, the there is a power play at work, and uh, I, I, yeah, I, I I I find them very intimidating, and I've just has and yes, it's just ter- it's just terrifying. It is. T- so I, I, I so those half a dozen that, that, you, that you've really enjoyed, is that because you felt they've gone well? Or is that because of something greater than that? Like, do you know when it's gone well? Or do you have that kind of blur when you come out of, I don't know? No, I don't think you know that it's gone well. You can be, you know, there's so much bullshit, isn't there? You can be, you can be told, <laughs> oh my God, you know, you're, you're fantastic. And then, you know, radio silence afterwards. I think, no, I think very often there's just, all that you want for, I think, as an actor, well, all that I want for as an actor is there to be some kind of dialogue. Yeah. Um, the, whenever you walk into a room and you are, you feel as though you're being asked to present, while while the boss just sits behind folds, the desk, sits, sits behind their desk or whatever, and folds their arms and yeah. says, "Come on, then." Uh, uh, I, I'd rather the ground just open opened up before I, you know, started yeah. speaking. So, so you go in, you want a dialogue. When you come out, then the other side of it, and you're walking out of the theatre spotlight, wherever it is. Do you just put it behind you, or do you carry some of that anxiety that you've talked yeah. about with you for a period of time after that? Yeah, you, you, yeah, I do, I, 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 I do, and I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't. I'd love to. Um, in fact, yeah, I'm talking to you about listening to Tom's interview when he was saying, you know, you 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 you, you have to stop thinking about it. I remember him saying, and and I wish I, I wish I could, I wish I had that <laughs> mental strength, but I don't. I go over and over it, and I drive my drive my 
Agent Mad saying, any word, any, 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 oh, any updates, no. anything else? And do you get updates? This is one of the, the, the things that came up over the course of with the blog and stuff. People saying they were just, they wanted to get a no. It was the, the most infuriating thing was not getting a no, was that, was that sense of it just somehow just gradually disappearing into the, into the soft focus and then yeah. eventually just, you know, over the hill and the next thing comes along. Yeah. Um, do, do, do you crave that final answer that, you were unsuccessful is 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 an important part of yeah of that communication that you crave oh definitely i think that's yeah absolutely but i think that's what they're campaigning for with equity uh, uh, at the moment aren't they for that yeah I, 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 they just let things sort of trundle on indefinitely and you're left completely none the wiser for it's usually when i see weeks an, i see a poster months. for something and i think oh i didn't get yes, that yes exactly yeah <laughs> all right do that that didn't go my way then. I remember turning <laughs> flicking pages in a magazine. Once it was two film, two features and two films back to back, which I got quite close to and hadn't got. And the first one I thought, oh, fuck, I can't read that. And turned the page and was like, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. so that's when, you, that's when you find out, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, ter- it's terrible. It's an appalling way to treat, treat people. I don't know if any other profession that they'd do that. You know, no. you at least have the courtesy of... Um, Pierre Jean. Getting back to, yeah, yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, do you have people you see regularly at auditions who you consider rivals? And I mean rivals in the kind of gentlest sense of people who that you think, oh, they're, they're here, of course they are. <laughs> well, you hope that the casting director has been uh, diplomatic enough to put you another, another character yeah. before you or after you, so you're not literally in a room of people who are identical in an identical casting or so bracket. you assume, but they might just, they might have not decided which way they're going with it. Yeah, they could be, yes, it could, it could be, you know, <laughs> yeah, you that's know, a very, that's a very bold assumption. Or, you know, Routledge could be yeah. e- equally right yeah. for the same part. But, um, yes, there are. And yeah, after a while, you can't, and it changes, I think, as well, which okay. is quite interesting. Like, the people who I thought, oh, I'm in the same casting, casting as X, suddenly, it cha- it, uh, you're not, yeah, something moves and you're sort of it's to do with the yeah i think quite often you're seen in a particular way and then that that changes like for a while when i got out a lot i play lots of sort of geeks i found myself oh, like i'm playing lots of sort of nerds and geeks and all the rest which is fine and then more recently i found myself playing like monsters and villains and <laughs> how does that happen <laughs> it's not a bad transition no no it's not bad but yeah it um you do become aware definitely of the people around around are there, are the people you pots. see to take that to the next level or the people you see uh and and you would think well then uh, i'd give it to them they, they, of course oh, they'll yeah. get it. oh definitely definitely I'm sure. I, 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 I'm, I'm sure other actors think the same, but yeah, I definitely think that. I mean, I just that's my sort of default position. I'm yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, right, of course. Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad my upside down reading is terrible. So you, know, you go into a, a, a room, a casting suite, and you look at the list. Oh yes, and they've got oh, it in front that. of them. So what's your name when you said John Heffern, and they go to check your name up? But but can as you do doing that? Can you, so you can't see not even the uh, photo. I, I just still do. <laughs> no, I'm so bad at it. Like I, I wish it was better, but at the same time, I'm so glad I'm terrible at it because every time I try to do it, I should know. I've never once been able to successfully identify another actor upside down. No, no. Not once. It's probably for the best. Yeah, I think it probably is for the best. Oh, you guys. Buy tickets to the best theatre in London the new way. 
With the Today Ticks app, getting great offers and access to exclusive tickets has never been easier. With Today Ticks Rush, you won't have to queue at the box office for hours to get day seats, and you can access big savings with their lotteries for shows like the ones I've listed on previous occasions. Yes, I forgot to bring my mobile phone in here to record this, so I'm unable to check the app. But imagine, if you will, me listing some shows that are on the West End, which are available on the Today Ticks app. Those are the shows I'm talking about. Download Today Ticks, the theatre ticket app, from the App Store and Google Play, and see theatre differently. S-T-D. Um, and the agent once told me an actor's only ever truly happy once they get a call to say they've got a job and the five minutes after that because after that five minutes passes then the self-doubt kicks in right <laughs> now, now that says a lot about the agent and his relationship to me at the time not my current agent I have to say it's my very very first <laughs> agent a long time ago but there's, I think there's something if not <clears throat> self-doubt there's definitely something of truth in that I've always felt that there's a, that a moment of elation and whether or not it's self-doubt it's that kind of reality of now I've got to go and live in somewhere else for two months or now I've got to go and think about losing some weight or you know whatever it is yes. all those things kick in yeah um, do you recognize yourself in that in that kind of statement of you're never happy for the five minutes after you get a job yes I do recognize it uh, yeah, the elation probably lasts less than five minutes for me. Right. So probably... what kind of things kick in post, post, uh, you know, um, uh, job discovery, elation, job job award offer, elation. What what kind of things start to eat away at that? Well, all of the things you mentioned. So you know, there's certainly, and I've got a uh, little, I've got a two year old girl now, and so you you start thinking. I start thinking about the practical. There just seems to be a lot more practical things, mm. um, considerations, all of those, uh, and the massive one of how am I going to do it? Am I going to be able to pull this off? I've, yeah. certain, I've certainly had job offers where I've thought this is incredibly flattering, but how on earth am I am I going to convince or persuade people about this? Um, so, but then there are moments of elation within that. I mean, you can, you can, you, there are definitely moments of elation during the job, but yeah. uh, very often it's the enormity of the task ahead suddenly goes from being something which is th- seesaws between being thrilling and terrifying. Does the thrill, as you've gone on with your career, has the thrill, the level of the thrill decreased? Do you find yourself more on an e- the, the ups and downs or less peaks and troughs and more of a kind of of a gentle uh, rolling hills? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably would say that, which makes me a bit sad. Uh, I, I wish in some ways it was that it was a bit more dramatic and thrilling. But no, I'm not. The job that I remember being absolutely ecstatic about was when I got the call from my agent saying that I, I I'm going to be spear carrying at the RSC for a year. I was apt. I can still remember the call. I was absolutely. Where were you? I was in the front row. I was in the um, porch of uh, our family house. It was the landline, and I was just absolutely ecstatic. It was the only place I wanted to be, um, and and I stayed like it for a year. 
I didn't have any responsibilities really, or the ones I did have were fairly modest, and I could just be a sponge for a year and just soak up everything around me. Um, it was it was amazing, um, and I don't think I've had that since. Uh, but I mean, but but there there there's euphoria. You get you know yeah. pockets of euphoria in different ways, but nothing can quite beat that. I think that those things are those experiences early on. Um, just bringing it then, so you talk about the, the, if if one thing is elation, the other thing is is terror. So it's it's that kind of joy and, and terror at the same time. Do you get nervous before going on stage? Do you get nervous before? a first preview a press night yeah yes particularly previews yeah to say to the point where you think okay is this is this useful that you know the i've heard actors talk about the a certain degree of adrenaline can really you know you don't want to be in a state of complete relaxation do you otherwise it's there's probably nothing's going to happen you've got nothing to light the fuse as it were but too much, <laughs> and it can be completely crippling and disabling. Has that got less with time? Have you, have you, have you, if, if the peak of elation has got less, has the terror of a, no. of a first no, peak got less? No, I've got a painting quite a bleak picture, but no, it, I don't think, I don't think it has. No. Um, no, I still get, uh, because I feel the responsibility more, I suppose, because the, I, I've been lucky in that the parts that I've, played particularly in the theatre recently have been quite quite substantial and so I've uh, I, there's a, you feel I feel a, quite a lot of responsibility um yeah. to you know a lot of it feels on my shoulders and then and then coming out you know you go through that you go through press night having you know been on your knees in a cold sweat before going on stage you go on stage you come off the next day or two days later uh the reviews start to become available. Do you read them? Yeah, I don't, do. Don't put in the face like you're embarrassed. <laughs> like, because everybody says, I think, I think everybody when they're honest will say they'll read them at some point. So a lot of people say I'll read them when it's done. Read them at the end. But like, I I can't imagine how you'd possibly have that level of self control. I know, I know, but I yeah, but like, have you they say, ever had I've a hugely definitely... detrimental impact? Sorry, have they ever had a detrimental impact on you? Ah, uh, yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, I've had, I've definitely had bad reviews, uh, and uh, I read one just before. It was so stupid, but it was in a Sunday paper, and there was a Sunday matinee, and I read it probably about half an hour before I was about to go on stage, uh, and it would that was really not a clever idea because I that, that did not put me in the right headspace. That was your one note for the whole show. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. But uh, but but quite often, with particularly with newspaper reviews, there's so little space. There isn't there isn't the sp- for for critics. There isn't the space to go into the nuances of yeah. why something it's doesn't work. Nuances. It's yeah. just it's just uh, yeah. condemning it or praising it to the skies or whatever it may be. Um, and so quite often there's not much you can do with it. It's just saying, yeah. oh, it's just saying I'm terrible. They're not saying what I can do to fix it. Um, but I wish I could leave off reviews. It's a, it's a habit which I'd love to kick. Um, bit of a jump uh, in a way, but I suppose at some point in the interview this was going to happen. Um, how important do you feel luck is? Uh, 
luck. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it plays a big, really big role. Um, uh, it depends on whether if you're in the, in the right place at the right time, uh, whether your face fits, whether you quite often whether you know certain people as well. It's an ugly truth, but I do think that's the case. Um, uh, I think there is a lot. I think there is a lot of. I, I I couldn't say otherwise when I think about the people in my year at drama school. Some of them were absolutely brilliant, and they've really, really struggled. And there's quite often I feel there's just no rhyme or reason. Have you been lucky? Do you think? Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, yeah, all sorts of circumstances that got me that, that um, meant that I got a a very good agent mm -hmm. who got me into certain rooms early on that led to jobs which led to other jobs you need something you need luck to start that chain reaction i think um do you believe in big breaks then do you believe in that notion of you know an, a golden opportunity that lays everything makes everything available to you yes yes i do i do i think certain things can transform you can have a job which transforms your career i've i've not had that but i've seen it i was uh, uh in a production of a terence ratican play called after the dance benedict cumberbatch was in it and halfway through the run i won't forget it um the first episode of sherlock came out and i saw him turn it sounds like i'm exaggerating but i promise you it's not i saw him turn literally overnight from saturday night of the show from him being a really really well respected obviously brilliant actor to coming in on the Monday and I remember sitting with him in the canteen and him saying I've just been spotted on the at the cheese counter in in Tesco's and he turned into a star and suddenly wow. there were queues around the block for the play and it just it was just that one part which you know it, it just completely exploded his career and then he was getting phone calls and within two weeks he was getting phone calls from Steven Spielberg asking him to do War Horse and Amazing to see yeah. that in close proximity. So I um, think it definitely happens. At the kind of the less lucky, uh, what's the longest you've gone without working? Uh, five months, six months. How does that feel? Very hard, I have to say. And I'm sure lots of people have gone on a lot longer. Um, so that maybe to some people doesn't sound like an awful lot at all, but uh, it's all relative, isn't it? It is all relative, and uh, yeah, I really, really struggled because I didn't even I didn't know I had a job coming up, and it just felt as though this could be it indefinitely, and um, yeah, I, 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 it was a it was it was a psychological struggle. So in in the depths of that. Does jealousy ever take hold? Do you ever, I'm sure you're not when you're working or you're less inclined to when you're working. When you're not working for five or six months and you see other people who are, um, could be peers, could be people you're not even competing with, just other people working, does that, does that, do you find that difficult? Or have you always been able to separate your own work um, from that of others? I wouldn't call, I, I, I wouldn't call it I wouldn't call it jealousy because I just think that 
no, I, w I wouldn't call it that. Does it make you feel worse to see other people working, I suppose? So it's not about jealousy, but it's that thing of um, comparing your own, at that point, seeming lack of success. There is a certain degree of that. And in the last couple of years, I've developed a habit, which is probably really unhealthy, of um, <laughs> when I have been out of work, of when I watch a TV programme and I see that there's a part that I could potentially have been seen for and I was available, I've sometimes thought, thought to myself, why, 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 why wasn't I seen see yeah. for, for that? Um, I can't watch things that I've been up for and haven't got. I really can't. Right, yeah. I probably should. There's probably something, practically, there's probably some argument for saying we should watch who got it and see what you can learn, but I just can't. Yeah. It's really hard, isn't it? Or plays. Like, I, it stops me going to see plays. If I've been up for something, I don't get it. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> yes. I can't. Because yeah. it'll make me feel really sad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's definitely... And I had that experience recently. I went to see a play of something I've been up for. And... But the actor, who's a friend... Because <laughs> uh, uh, that's the other thing. They're yeah, also... They're, 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 they're always friends. Yeah. So makes it, which makes it even more complicated. But he's so different from me. Um... Yeah, it's it, it's very it's a difficult it's very it is very very difficult. You've got to you've just got, but rather than looking over at other people, you've just got to try and somehow find a way of keeping keeping the faith that um keeping the faith that something's gonna gonna come up. But it, it, oh, yeah, it was last year that that break happened, and it was I found it really hard, really really hard. And you're thinking, you know, especially when you've got a little family as well, I was thinking, oh, God, this is like, am yeah. I, am yeah. I am really not pulling my weight here. And yeah. people just think you're some kind of slacker because you're just, you know, just idling. And, yeah, it's... it's resting it's is difficult. what... Difficult resting, yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And So have you had periods then? Oh, of course, yeah. And then I'm in the midst of one right, right now, right. yeah. But, I, I mean... It's that thing that I find difficult is when you have a few years when you're busy and you feel like that not working things behind you yes. and, and you're on a path and you've taken a step or a couple of steps or you do a job that you're particularly proud of and then something happens and you realise actually I'm still just another actor looking for work. Yeah. Whenever I'm out of work, I'm just another actor looking yeah. for work. And your CV gets you so far then you have to go into the room and be the person the face has to fit the kind of you know everything else has to go in your favour so I mean I, I yeah I, I'm in that point now where I'm like what am I I'm 37 what am I doing if I decided to stop doing this what would I do yes well you know uh, that's where I am anyway that, it, that but it gets, yeah, you're, but you're right and it also is an, I think it's like to do with an age thing as well of, of you kind of think you, and I didn't really see that when I was at drama school I didn't think about what it would be like in the 30s but you kind of think I just it's kind of thought fine. in my twenties. Yeah. I thought, oh well, if I don't get a job, then that's going to be really that's going to be really hard and painful. But I can I can find something to fill the gap, and of course. It, it'll be fine. But when you're in your thirties and your forties and, and you're 50s, not pulling your whip, you start thinking, oh, this isn't such yeah. a good look. This is this is hard. This is harder. You don't want a little girl next door to me asked the other day. She looks after our dog sometimes. She said, "What do you do for a living?" Because I'm always around, and I said, "Oh, I'm an actor," and. Uh, she says, have you, would I know you? And I always go, no. Like, have you been in anything? No. Are you acting the minute? No. And it took something about the fact that she's like 10 years old makes it all the worse. 
because she can't see why a grown man would be in his garden of a Tuesday afternoon yeah. doing nothing. Yeah. And her kind of struggling to process this made me feel even worse. I was like, yeah, you're kind of, <laughs> you're kind of right, Ruby. Like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Shit, Ruby, I'm so glad you came in. But anyway, um, yeah. so um, what's the worst thing about being an actor? What's the hardest thing? Rejection, I think. Does it get easier? Have you developed any way of coping with it or making it have less of an impact on you? Uh, no, no. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's always hard. Um, I think. Yeah. I, I I I think often with actors because we have to go into for auditions so long, so frequently, it's almost seen as though something we we're just automatically expected to cope with. And I think it's really hard. And um, I have a member of my family going through is 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 looking for jobs at the moment, and it's a huge deal for him. He's been working in a steady job for um, twenty years, uh, and it's completely unknown territory for him. And he's finding it unbelievably stressful. And I thought, well, yeah. And I I suppose this is what this is the what actors experience almost as a constant state it's part of the deal and the upside is you get with you know constant variety in terms of your experiences from job to job but the the big downside is the is constantly having to put yourself put yourself forward and then being let down and yeah it's you you do try and find some ways of dulling that um as time goes by, but you can't ever completely, I don't think. Um, and sometimes it's good not for it to be dull. Well, like sometimes it can be, you yeah, can use it that's, as fuel. That's lovely. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes you can, yeah, it can be, it, 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 can, it, it can fire you up. Um, Do you think there's a psychological impact long term of, of that process though? Do you think that thing of being out of work being in work, being out of work, of the kind of the fact that you said that the, the terror hasn't lessened over time, but the joy has. So there's kind of you know if if we look at it fairly, if you took took the took you and, and me out of this and, and wrote that down and read it black and white on a, on a script, you'd think, God, that's quite bleak. That's a, you know, as a monologue, that's, <laughs> yes. that's quite bleak. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, do you think that has a, a long time a long term psychological effect? Probably, I, 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 it's probably too soon for me to sort of start talking about it. I have to interview, maybe interview me again in thirty years, and I'm rocking back and forth and drooling. But I, I, I yes, there, there, there might well be. The problem is no one talks about it. There's that brilliant. Did you see that um, documentary that David Harewood? No. made about I think he called it on failure or something and he interviewed loads of actors who talk and say this is a massive taboo I'm going to interview actors about jobs they haven't got and yep. times when they haven't worked and um, it was so brilliant hearing people you know and he interviewed big you know like Damien Lewis and people like that um, but it was really useful to hear that being aired because we sort of we're, no, we're sort of don't talk about not working it. Yeah, but pretend it's... you're working all the time. <laughs> like, yeah, 
I suppose because we have to sell ourselves. We are our own business, yeah. and so we have to... Do you believe that? Flaunt ourselves. Is it, believe what? Do you believe that we are our own business? Like, there's, there is a big argument, I think, between the kind of American model of, you know, the social media spin of, like you know, of having a website and a glossy photograph and a, you know, like your agent and your publicist and your manager and your, and that kind of spin of John's really in demand at the minute. You know, whenever you don't want to do a job, you never say you don't want to do it. You just say John's not available <laughs> not right available. now. You know, that whole spin we put around it, like, do, do you, but that, because you hear that a lot like from drama school graduates of, you know, that whole thing about a, a brand, I'm a brand, I've got to know my brand. What, yeah. What my, do you, do you believe that? Well, apparently so. I mean, I can't do any of it. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Whenever I go on Twitter, I mostly go on it to say that um, I've just seen a show which I really like. You should all go. I'm really bad at going on it to say, this is, well, this is my the, show. Yeah. Oh. But, um, but isn't that better? Isn't, that, isn't there something stronger about not being the person who says, look at me, look at me constantly? But uh, my agent uh, got... got um, encouraged all of his clients to come to his office about two years ago to do to um, for a social media presentation, a masterclass wow. Wow. with uh, uh, diagrams and pie charts of how we should use <laughs> social media, Twitter, and uh, it was amazing. He showed us the last few minutes of the um, Great British Bake Off final and the peak in tweets as the program went on. And how we can engineer, and how can we can engineer that sort of thing for ourselves? It is fascinating, and I'm sure it is necessary. But part of me just wants to hold on to the fact that, like, it's that thing of how important is luck. Part of you wants to believe not that important, but you know it is. The part of you wants to believe that if you're good, that even if you're not on Twitter, and you don't have a hugely lucky moment, that somehow you'll find work, or you'll you'll get busy, or someone will, you know, find out that oh, he's really good, or she's really good, or. But there is a kind of a, a, that unspoken thing of don't say you're not working. Don't say, you know, uh, be on there talking when you're on set. Don't don't go on Twitter if you're unemployed and feeling down because, you know, it's it, it's an odd. It feels like because it's one of the knock on effect is people who use social media more get depressed, more like this various, various scientific studies to say Facebook usage correlates with levels of depression. So the really? pe people who have who suffer te depressive tendencies will have peaks and troughs that go that coincide with their use of Facebook because it's about comparing your own perception of your own failures with other people's fake successes. So that in I've gotten long winded, but effectively as actors, we all do this to each other. So by going on and trying to manufacture a spike and, and trying to get as many followers and talk about our work, even when we're not working, and by not admitting the times when we're not working. All the other actors who go on there don't interpret that as we probably should as going, well, that's just nonsense. Of course, they're not working all the time. Actually, what happens is they all go, oh, he's really busy and I'm not really busy and oh, I'm a failure and he's not. And so there's this kind of, I, I don't, I that's the thing I'm, I'm, I'm experimenting with because every time I tweet about myself in a promotional way, a part of me dies. Like I, feel, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I've bought into something that I shouldn't have bought into. Um, but equally, every time I think about tweeting something negative, like as in I'm not working or I feel really shitty at the minute, you feel like you're one of those people who's waiting for people to go, oh no, Jonathan, here's an electronic give you a virtual hug. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so it is an odd, I, 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 I don't quite know the answer to it, but it is something I wrestle with, as in what is, what is the point of all that? And a friend of mine who's an actor said, he always stops himself before he tweets and says, is it edifying? Like, does it, 
does it serve a purpose beyond self-promotion? And I think it's a really useful, useful exercise. But it's tough, especially if your agent is kind of, you know, is big on it and wants you to push it. And my well, agent well, isn't I, on well, Twitter. I, well, as I say, I've, I've, I've kind of ignored it because I, I, I don't. And I, um, it's just a very, it's, it's, a, it's, it's very strange and I can't really get my head around it. And also I really admire... The actors I tend to admire are people who are sort of absent from Aren't all, on Twitter. All yeah, of that. yeah. Uh, the ones that I really like are the ones who just <laughs> yeah. get on with it. Yeah. So, so we're talking about the kind of long-term psychological impact. The kind of positive of that is a lot of actors talk about jobs having changed them, about that thing that we do, which is to step inside and try and empathise with another set of circumstances, another character's life choices and conditions have made them more empathetic generally to other people's circumstances. And you find that actors do tend to generally be politically in a certain kind of end of the political spectrum. Yes. Um, are you aware of any job in particular having, having had that kind of impact on you where you felt like that's changed me? I look at the world differently because I played that character or because I did that play or because I feel like I'm putting pressure on you to say yes I've had a, an epiphany uh, whilst playing Richard II <laughs> uh, <but laughs> um, put it like this I suppose a long term thing had you not been an actor and this is almost impossible to answer certainly in any scientific way but do you feel that that young kid from Essex who'd come to the Barbican to see shows, had he went down the path of academia and being a critic, do you think he'd be the same person? No, no, definitely not. No, a a acting, I think, is a, probably ended up being a, a massive part of who I am. And the, the parts that I've played are a large... Um, 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 have contributed hugely to that. It, I suppose there isn't one single one similar to your question about if there's a part which has defined me in some way. I think it all adds up to um, each, each job that you take, hopefully, will expand your understanding in some way. It's one of the great gifts of the job that when you start work on something you think oh this is a fantastic excuse so I'm about to start rehearsing on this play St George and the Dragon and um, I'm starting to learn about as much as I can about English history <laughs> um, but also about um, specifically about Chaucer about nationhood about what the, the, how um, what, what it means to be English and our relationship with our flag and the emblems of our nationality. How fantastic, how fantastic yeah. to do that when, you know, I played Oppenheimer, suddenly getting an excuse to try and learn about, I'm the least scientifically yeah. minded person, but learn, learn all about physics. All of that, I think, is, it, is tremendous. And then, yes, learning how other people from different walks of life um, how that how that informs who they are, and you hope you hope that the job will make increases your um, empathy and understanding. Um, 
that's you, you, I'd, I'd like I'd like to think that, um, yeah. and we'll, that that will continue to happen, and that you're always le- you're always learning from from yeah. others, always becoming a better pub quiz player as well. That's the thing about actors. Well, that is a <laughs> level of general <laughs> knowledge like is insane. <laughs> if you talk to an actor in the sixties who's worked fairly consistently, they will know about so yeah. I suppose me- that's why it's why, isn't it? because they, they they just yeah just picking a different thing. Yeah, from... yeah. Um, have you ever considered giving up? All that said, has there ever been a point where you've thought, ah, do you know what? Maybe I should, you know, go and get a regular gig. No, I haven't. In spite of all, in spite of all of that, in spite of everything <laughs> that I, in spite of yeah. everything that I said, I haven't because I do. I do, I do love it. I still, so that's the question. And what, what's the best thing? We've talked about what the worst thing is. If, if you haven't ever given up, in spite of all those things, what's the best thing? I still love it. I'm still addicted to that memory of that, that high of feeling oh, I'm on the RSC stage. I'm, I'm you know, that 12-year-old watching Robert Stevens as King Lear. You know, I, I'm, still, I'm, I, I, I'm still trying to sort of recap recapture something of that of our of how it felt um to experience that and so i, I, I i've never i've never been I, I honestly don't know what i'll do apart from anything else mm-hmm. but th- there are far more um pluses than minuses to being an actor you you know you meet the most fantastic people it's always changing. You're always you're always on your being kept on your toes, mm-hmm. um, in every possible way. In every, in every possible way, um, yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I've 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 never I've I've not thought about it. I'd I'd like to do something on the side, but because I'd love to do something like uh, a friend of mine does and um, has been been doing an OU degree on the right. Quite like, I quite like that. I quite like that idea. In what? What would you do? I'd really like. Well, my, um, I, I I always enjoy going to exhibitions, so I'd I'd quite like to do art history. That'd be nice. Yeah. Have you ever done anything like that? So I did the university thing first. So I did too many degrees before I started acting. How many degrees? Three. Have you got? You've got three degrees. Well, I dropped out of the last one because I just thought this is too much. <laughs> so what are they? What are they in? <laughs> That's amazing. You got three degrees. Uh, yeah, one of them's in drama. Isn't that a pop group? Three degrees. Yeah, <laughs> one of them's in drama. One of them's in European literature and culture, and uh, one of them is a PhD. But but I gave up on that one after six years. Um, do you consider yourself an artist? Actors really struggle with this question, <laughs> and I ask it purposely because I want to see people squirm. Right. <laughs> So I say, do I? They, people can't see you when I ask this question, but I said, and and I see in you the desire to want to say yes or believe yes, but also the feeling that socially it's unacceptable to call oneself an artist. Okay, what is an artist? Is, it, is an artist this broad uh, umbrella term that we, apply, that we apply? That we apply. That we apply to all the artists. I mean, if someone said to, if someone came up to me and said, if that little yeah, girl yeah. said to me, "What do you do? Are you an artist?" No, I'm an actor. I'd say no. Uh, Whenever if I if I hear a famous actor saying I'm an artist, you think then I'm afraid I would I would 
snigger a bit. But have you ever thought of another actor as an artist? Have you ever watched another actor give a performance and not not necessarily I'm saying consciously at the time when you sir are an artist, you madam. Or, <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, could you do you think you could play the other actors happily and go, yeah, well, actually, that person is an artist of, of sorts. Yeah, I think at its absolute best, you. So what are you if not an artist? What what are you a tradesperson? Are you a craftsman? Well, is it? Uh, I think there's a lot of legitimacy to, um, f- f- in saying that in 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 uh, a little bit of humility and saying uh, my my job is not to get in the way. Uh, and there's a kind of pure connection between a play and the audience. And you could uh, there is an argument. I like that. That that, 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 that there's an. Uh, Anything else is ego. I like that a lot. Uh, <laughs> I, I like that a lot. Um, would you say? Uh, I'm, I'm, I find it hard because people have answered this question various ways, and I've agreed with a lot of people who've given very different answers. But then again, you sometimes you watch performances in which you think you have so have the, the most the most ridiculously obvious example. But if you take Mark Rylance in Jerusalem, yeah, you. You read that play, it's an astonishing play, yeah. and then you see the performance and you think, okay, you've lifted that play and you've made all of that. I've, I don't know if you saw he it. Does, yeah, absolutely. But, but, he... but, but everything at the beginning, I don't think is in the play yeah, totally. or is in the original text. And I thought, okay, that, that is something extraordinary that you have somewhere in your brain. He's created, you've created a connection and it is, it's unforgettable. And I can't quite imagine... I, Against cliche, but I can't imagine anyone else taking on that role because of something that you have. Yeah, you, 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 you have thrown into the mix. But, yeah. Uh, but yes, personally, I think that that, that, that I, I, I would I would worry that, that that puts the actor too much front and center by saying, oh, I'm, "I'm with I, you. I'm an artist." I quite like those before. I, I I quite like the other end of those performances where you don't think, "Oh, this is about that actor." I quite no. I, you know what I mean. I quite like where it's about serving if something. Being, if, if my attention is being drawn to the fact of like, "Oh, look at what you're doing," there, okay. then 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 it's done. How, yeah. then it's the spell's uh, broken. We're in the, we're supposedly in the quick fire round. So, uh, do you consider yourself successful? Uh, mod, moderate, moderately, yes. Would your younger self successful enough? Would your younger self agree with that? Would that? Oh, yes. Be, yeah. So the guy at the ATT. Yeah. My younger self would think I'm a superstar. <laughs> uh, yeah, Con- compared to what he thought that I was. Yeah, my 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 my, my yeah my twenty year old self thought I was gonna just be doing. Um, yeah, thought that I was just gonna be. <laughs> spear carrying so in relation to that uh, I'm it's surpassed any kind of expectation what's I had. that quote from Richard II again uh, that I with nothing shall be pleased till he be, till I be eased with being nothing something in that yeah um, <laughs> yes, if you exactly. could go back to that guy at the ETT the first job or just before or just after around that time and offer him some advice that would help with the years in between to either you know uh, mediate some of the ups and downs, uh, or to help him through, what kind of advice might you offer? Uh, I would say. 
I would say keep uh, keep the faith really that um, that there to, to keep in mind the long that you're in it for the long haul and that it's not not to get too hung up on every single audition and job prospect to um, to enjoy the to tr to in, to enjoy the moment really i think i've spent far too long when i've been uh even when i've been in jobs thinking about what's next what's next and you can sort of see uh, and i think quite a lot of actors are, do it thinking oh what's going rather than actually being present in the moment what we're asked to do on stage you know we're not very good at doing sometimes off um so yeah that um do you worry more about your health or f financial security? My health? Yeah. In what, re what you worry, respect? You, when you think about things that keep you awake at night, are they health, work, financial security? Yes, health. Recent, for no, for no, um, yeah, health, weirdly. It's, odd, it's odd, just odd that you should ask that question. Because yeah, it maybe. Sorry, being a parent perhaps changes. Yeah, your... I think it maybe is. Yeah, age, it's age. just funny. It's just funny that you asked that question <laughs> because it would it would definitely not have been sort of eighteen months ago or even a year ago, but just recently. I yes, I I I, I think about it a lot, and I don't quite oh, well. know why. And it might well be to do with um, par, par, um, parenthood. Um, yeah. And sort of shock. I, I suppose it feels like there's been sort of shocking items in the news, and um, sounds might sound strange, but the, um, when Tim Pickett Smith passed away, who I only knew really yeah. in passing, I never worked with him, but it was so, yeah, so yeah, I, I, I still haven't really got over that, really. I mean, just just it seemed so so sudden and. Yeah. So the 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 the, the, the yeah without well, wanting to go incredibly serious but yeah the the frailty of life I suppose yeah. that um I'm I feel a bit more aware of uh, um yeah final question John um are you in anything at the minute uh uh well starting rehearsals on this play at the National next month St George and the Dragon. Um, so that's future. I said, in the are you in anything at the minute? At the minute? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what as in right now? Classic. I've <laughs> just finished this. Uh, I'm just about to start this. Uh, but you are actually. You're. 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 you're well, I'm doing well right now. I'm, yes, I, I am. I'm. I'm doing a. I'm doing a workshop. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. There's some tea. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so hard, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it is. Uh, well, that's, that's that thing, isn't it? Being yeah. in the moment. You can't, like, yeah. well, uh, I've done this and maybe this is coming up and all the rest of it. It's yeah. half hardwired into us to. Yes, ordinarily, I would probably say nothing, but I, th this week I'm doing a workshop. Yeah, brilliant. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much again for taking time out of, of, of nice. that particular workshop to do this. Thank I you. hope you haven't got into trouble. I won't back late from lunch but um, <laughs> it's been a pleasure thanks so much for your time thank you and that's that episode 8 with Mr John Heffernan thank you to John for his time again 
thank you to the National Theatre Studio for the use of their library space in which to record that interview. And thanks to you for listening. You can, of course, go back and listen to the previous seven episodes from Series 3. There are also 26 regular episodes from the past two series and a few bonus eps as well. There are uh, seven follow-up interviews with the emerging actors and also uh, a special live episode which we recorded for Equity. They're all available on iTunes, on Spotify, on Acast, on Stitcher, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And they are, and will always be, free. You can do a little bit in return by leaving a rating and a review on iTunes if you haven't done already. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Honest Actors. And please do consider tweeting, sharing the good news, and if you would, and if you have some, perhaps sharing your favourite moments from the past three series using the hashtag Best of Honest Actors. Anyway, uh, that is it from me. I have to go and put this together now, having just recorded the intro, outro and mid-bit. So a little bit more work to do from me. I've also got to email John Heffernan and uh, tell him that his episode has not been lost and that I still am alive and that it's going out today. So wish me luck. See you in a fortnight. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.